Welcome to the SaaS Ad Lab podcast where we're interviewing the stories of SaaS founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. My name is Luis. I'm the founder of Phantom Agency, a digital marketing agency specialized in scaling SaaS companies. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Senia. She is the co-founder and CEO over at Planable. Super, super successful company. So thank you so much for being on here. I know it's late for you as well. So appreciate <laughs> you uh, coming on board and rescheduling after we had a little hiccup there for a second. But uh, yeah, No worries. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks so much for inviting me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm also very excited to do this. Definitely. It's going to be fun. And uh, for anyone that's watching or listening, Senia was very, very kind to provide anyone with a discount code. So if you want to try out Planable, you can get a 20% discount for one year using the code Phantom. So that's F-A-N-T-O-M. Uh, just use that at checkout or wherever you you enter that and you should be able to get access to that. So again, thank you so much for that. And to get started, why don't you just tell us a little bit more you know, about yourself, a little bit on your background and, and kind of like where did everything happen? Yeah, definitely. So um, before starting Planable, um, I was running a social media marketing agency. I started it during my second year of university. Um, I was always super, super passionate, you know, about advertising world. I think I was, you know, I, I had an obsession about this since I was, you know, a teenager. I was reading everything I could get my hands on about, you know, this world, about what's happening, all the news, you know. Um, and, you know, I was dreaming about going to university in this, you know, in this area. Um, and, you know, maybe at some point building my own agency and it happened, you know, faster than I expected that I didn't, you know, actually realize that I'm, I'm building an agency at that point. I just had, you know, kind of freelance work clients in the beginning and it all then shaped and wrapped up in an agency. And we, you know, we were about six to, to seven people. Uh, so it was still a very small, small team working mostly on social media content, branding projects. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it kind of, I had this idea and this image about the world we, you know, the, about this industry we were, mm -hmm. um, we were operating in that was, you know, very innovative, very creative, uh, you know, kind of like cutting edge. Um, but then, you know, I realized that the way we were working were very uh, outdated. I felt like, you know, I was working with my clients in spreadsheets and, you know, Microsoft Office and never-ending email threads. And, but on the other side, we were building like very graphic and gorgeous and moving and beautiful content that we were, you know, keeping it in Excel files. And I, I felt like it wasn't doing justice to the content. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was wasting a lot of my own time, you know, instead of, you know, thinking and building strategies and building creative content, sure. I was, you know, formatting spreadsheets and building decks and sending emails all over the, uh, you know, uh, all over again and again. So I felt like we needed to find a way to just um, improve this. So that's kind of how Planable got born. Uh, my co-founder, Nick, has also worked in an advertising agency and he you know, he saw how his colleagues worked and he, you know, he thought about the solution and, you know, we got together with our third co-founder, Vlad, who also knew the industry. Um, and we, you know, we just wanted to solve this problem, not just for ourselves, uh, because, you know, in the meanwhile, we discovered that it's not just agencies in Europe or small agencies that are struggling with this. It's, you know, kind of a worldwide problem. Uh, so that's what Planable does. You know, it helps social media teams collaborate more efficiently. Very, very cool. And I feel like I can relate with a lot of that because prior to Phantom, I was working at a, 
you know, different agencies also. And I could see, although I was on the advertising side of things, so I didn't necessarily have to, to work with content as much. I was just, you know, pushing it out and, and advertising yeah. that stuff. But I knew how, you know, people were kind of struggling with the same thing, like create a spreadsheet, sit there and write content for hours uh, and format it and then copy and paste, right? Like to, to get it posted. So I'm sure you understand that. And it's yeah. really interesting because a lot of the, the companies and a lot of the founders that I speak to, I wouldn't say, you know, a majority of them, but a good amount of them have some sort of agency background where that's kind of where they realize that there's a problem and it's not just with one client or with one person, but it's on the entire level, right? So whether it's web development, uh, social media, whatever it may be, like you see that kind of issue happen over and over again. And that's when they realize, you know, like there's something here that we can do about this yeah, and, and we can scale it. So another question is, although that's the case, not everyone that does this, right? Like build a product, they're not thinking about, this is going to help a ton of people at the very beginning. Most of them are thinking, you know, this is going to help our process become more streamlined. And then once they have that, then they realize, okay, that this can actually be a product and, and help many more companies. But from the beginning, did you and your team know that this was going to be something that you could scale tremendously? That's actually what we wanted to do. Uh, you know, once we understood that this is going to be big, you know, all of us left our jobs. I closed down my agency. Um, my co-founder, Vlad, he, he was still in the university, so he dropped out of university. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we moved from uh, Moldova, where we're originally from. We moved to Romania, which uh, is, a, you know, it's a country in, in the European Union, and it has better opportunities for startups. So, you know, our life changed dramatically because we knew that, this is going to be big. Uh, it's not, you know, just to solve our own internal processes and in the agencies we were working, but this can help, you know, we wanted to make it worldwide, you know, from the beginning. We wanted this to be a global company, you know, from the beginning. That's awesome. Now to get a little backstory on, you know, how the three of you, cause you said it's three co-founders, right? Yeah. Did all of you know each other personally, like you met up in person and stuff like that? Or did you meet like one or two of them or maybe like online? Yeah, that's a good question. So Moldova is a tiny, tiny country in Eastern Europe and it has like two to three million people in total. Uh, so everyone kind of knows each other, you know, if you're young and if you're working in tech, yeah, you know each other. Um, so yeah, I worked with my, with Nick, with our CTO, uh, in like a student organization before Planable. Uh, and I knew, you know, my third co-founder Vlad, I knew him from, um, you know, just from social media. So we were connected. We never worked on something. We were not colleagues. We never worked on, you know, some, some real businesses before. Uh, but yeah, we, we knew each other and, you know, we knew a lot of good stuff about each other so it was uh, a good start that's pretty cool how did you guys actually come to the you know because you didn't work together and you just kind of knew about each other when like how does it come to to be that you know oh like you're gonna be perfect fit for what I'm doing right now like how did that come about 
Yeah, I think we got very, very lucky, uh, honestly. Um, but we first started working as a team on a project. So uh, we were part of this hackathon, uh, which, which is now, I think it was bought by, by Techstars, this big accelerator. Uh, it's called um, Startup Weekend. Um, so it's a 48 hours hackathon where you build products. So that's, you know, I was doing my agency back then. Um, but I was doing, you know, mostly content work. I'm, I'm also a designer and I, I felt like I was not doing that much design work really. So I just wanted to go to this hackathon, do some design work for like a cool product right. for just 48 hours and have a bit of fun. Uh, so I, I did that and, you know, that's when I, you know, worked with Vlad and with Nick on a, on a project and we really, really liked, you know, working together awesome. and that's how, you know, that was the kind of, the origins of Planable, you know, we, we really enjoyed doing that. Um, and then, you know, someone noticed us and invited us to a pre-accelerator in, in Romania. So that's when, you know, we made the first step and, you know, we started building uh, Planable from scratch. That's really, that's a really cool story. Now, to kind of switch gears here, right? The, the social media marketing world is so, like, it's so big. I don't think like, <laughs> yeah. like people don't really understand like the, 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 you know, the, the magnitude of it, I think. But when you start to think, really think about it, it's huge. And then you also have some really, really big players in the space, right? Like you have Buffer, you have Hoodsuite, you have um, one that I've used in the past was Falcon IO. Yeah. Um, there's, there's some, there's really good ones out there. So the question here is how do you then try to differentiate yourself from these big companies that have been around for a while and people really know about them? Yeah, that's a good question um, that, I, you know, we've been asking ourselves this question quite a lot, especially early in the beginning. And we re realized one essential thing that we're not a social media management tool. That's not what Planable does. Planable is a content management tool. And just so it happens that the content that you're managing inside Planable, you're going to push it on social media. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, at the core, we're a content collaboration product. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, you know, that, that, that's how we, you know, set ourselves apart from everyone else. Um, because, you know, we're not building analytics, we're not building listening, we're not building monitoring, you know, we're not building ads optimization. You know, we're not about social media management. We're about how can your team be as productive as possible when they're building, you know, when they're building content, when they're collaborating, when they're planning. So we focus on the collaboration and we're, you know, I think we're doing it better than some of the companies that you've mentioned because, you know, this is our mission and, you know, we're crazy about it and that's what we focus on 100%. And now we're doing it on social, but next, who knows what type of content format. I mean, we know, but it's not yet, but it's not public. <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. So would it be possible then essentially, because it is like, that is quite a, a difference, right? Would it be possible to then, let's say I was an agency that dealt with a lot of content and not just that, but also the social media management piece of it. Could I then use Planable plus another tool to pair them together? That's what's coming. Um, obviously, you know, that's, you know, integrating yourself in, in, already a very big marketing stack is is very important you know it's 2019 integrations are crucial yeah. uh, so that's that's coming very cool now 
when it comes down to marketing, right? Like you mentioned that you've been in advertising, you're pretty obsessed with it. Um, and so am I like, I like, what do you think is the biggest issue for not just, you know, planable, but for other companies that are very similar, like what is it that they struggle most with to get in front of people? Uh, God, I think differentiating yourself, you know, going back to your first question, even if your product is very different, you still have to be able to position yourself in a way that you convey that to people very clearly, mm -hmm. because the first moment you have social, you know, on your website, on your header, you're automatically, you know, being labeled as, you know, in the same category as socially, as, you know, Buffer and Hootsuite and Falcon and Sprinkler and Sprout Social and all those other companies. So it's hard to make it as clear as possible for people that, hey, now we're actually, you know, mm -hmm. it's a different use case, you know, we're a bit, you know, we're doing something else. So I think it's, it's very hard. And I think, you know, all the other companies that are trying to solve the same problem that we are solving, I think, you know, they, they probably struggle with that as well, you know, uh, trying to differentiate yourself as, as much as possible and explain that this is actually a new category. Because this is, you know, what, what what's happening in, in social media. Companies like Hootsuite were born when social media was, you know, pretty pretty new. A company, yeah, well, yeah. Companies were just adopting social media. So your first problem as a social media manager back then was, how do I automate my publishing? How do I not need to set up reminders so I can, you know, post every time? I'm sure it happened, you know, back then. Um, but, you know, that was a problem they were solving and they, they became very successful at it, you know, being, you know, one of the best scheduling tools out there very early on. Mm -hmm. uh, but things have changed and social media became bigger and bigger. And, you know, with the latest changes of the Facebook algorithm, you know, it's, it's pay to play. So that means that more money are being, you know, invested in this. And, you know, once more money are being invested, more people are paying attention to this. So that means that now it is 100% a collaborative effort. It's a, it's a team effort. Mm -hmm. So that means that this is, you know, why what we're doing has become important now. And it, it hasn't been, you know, in the past, in the last, you know, maybe five years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so this is kind of a pretty new category that we're shaping. So it's hard to explain that, you know, it's hard to pioneer a new category to, to people. Totally. And, the cool thing about that too is that you have, you know, kind of the power to to say where it's going to go. Yeah, um, I, think, I, I mean, it's it's a it's a big responsibility at the same time, but it's you know it's you get to say that you are the pioneer in that space. Yeah, I mean, you're on the ground floor of it, um, and it's still you know you do not have that much clarity of where this is going to go. But it is definitely, you know, exciting. You definitely do not have like a magic globe to look into it and say, this is how the category is gonna, you know, is gonna look like in a few years. It's also hard when you're a startup and you're fundraising and you have to explain, you know, to your investors, your category and where it's gonna be in, in a few years, because there's not that much, you know, reports and stats and you know, studies on this thing. So you have, to try and figure it out on your own. Um, but you know, it, yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> really cool, that's awesome. How long has Planable been around for? Um, so we started uh, three years ago. 
So first one year and a half, we were, you know, purely in like developing the product one year and a half, you know, we, we were not really funded. We had like a small 20,000 investment um, from an angel slash accelerator. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't really have that much money to put into development and production. So it was just us, the co-founders and, you know, we're three co-founders. One of us was, you know, a technical co-founder is a, is a technical co-founder. So it took us a, a year and a half to develop the product, iterate on it, you know, do customer development, make sure that what we're building is, you know, people are going to love it. Right. Uh, you know, do customer development, talk with, with people, do a bit of, you know, beta testing. Um, and then, you know, after a year and a half, we, we, we managed to put the product on, on the market and we start, you know, monetizing it, optimizing it. And um, we've been growing since then. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cool. What's like, as far as making sure that the product gets out there, what's been like the most successful thing? Is it just, you know, cold outreach email campaigns? Have you been doing some like a lot of content writing? Uh, what's been like the thing that has been the most successful for you? Yeah, um, so we've been doing, you know, the thing we're preaching content. Right. <laughs> uh, so we've been building a lot of content. Uh, early in the beginning, yes, we, we were doing, you know, cold outreach. We were doing really everything, anything we could, you know, experiment with. Um, because very early on, when you're launching the product, and you're, you know, you're not generating that much money. It's a desperate situation. So you're trying to do as much as you can to demonstrate that you didn't lose time a year and a half <laughs> building the product. Totally. Um, but then once we figured out what are the things, you know, that are, are working, you know, we'll double down on those. And we realized that that's, you know, for us, it's, it's content. Um, and it's, you know, inbound in, in, in general. Right. So we've invested a lot in our SEO. We've invested a lot in building different content initiatives. We've launched two ebooks so far. Our blog is super, super active. Um, last week, we launched a content academy. Okay. You know, uh, yeah, a series of eight videos where experts from our industry that, you know, are more knowledgeable than, than we are, you know, they're talking about how can you build a content team, what your workflow should look like, and, you know, it's free. And, you know, we're trying to provide as much value uh, mm-hmm. for our industry and I think that's you know it, it has worked pretty well for us so far. Do you think that one of the reasons why you know the workshop and, and this is currently going on right now the workshop that you talked about? Uh, yeah so it's an academy so it's just online um, and it's you know we're releasing one episode a week so mm-hmm. yes it's still you know it's still ongoing. Okay and how are people finding about that? Um, you know we're promoting it on social media obviously um our user base i think it's a lot of word of mouth as well uh newsletters uh we've grown our newsletter to five thousand, uh you know people and we had 62 a year and a half ago wow that's a that's a lot of growth that's awesome yeah so it's, it's been growing yeah better than i expected to be honest um and yeah the academy is still you know rolling have you guys ever invested into any paid advertising? Good question. Good question. Very little, mm-hmm. like 500 euros a month little. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've only now started ramping this up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we hired someone on the digital marketing side with a strong focus on paid. 
So we are now, you know, since last month, we started, you know, experimenting with bigger budgets. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's still, you know, we're still playing around with it, trying right. to figure out what works best for us. But we haven't, you know, heavily invested in, in ads so far. So it has been, you know, mostly organic. And what do you know? I don't know if you know the, the granular details of that, but is he or she, are they, um, like, are they mainly pushing out content to kind of educate people on, on Planable to create brand awareness? Or are you, or, or are they just like trying to get signups right up front? That's a, yeah. Um, so she it has two strategies. One, um, she's, you know, promoting the content that we're building. Mm -hmm. um, the second strategy is looking at our entire uh, conversion, you know, pipeline, our entire conversion flow mm -hmm. and figuring out where paid can influence better conversions, you know, obviously, you know, retargeting, but then, you know, looking at um, tying data to our ads, like looking at people who have started the free trial, but maybe haven't done anything in it. Right. Um, and, you know, just trying to use ads at different touch points in, in customer journeys, but also what you mentioned, you know, just trying to bring as much traffic in into our websites as possible. Right. And, and that's kind of like some of the, the, the things that you'll see, like the bigger companies doing, right? That's something that I've always preached is, I mean, not copy, obviously, exactly what others are doing, but obviously like take a look at what, you know, the HubSpots or the buffers of the world are doing that is successful and then try to implement that in your own way with your own, you know, twist on it. Um, but you'll see a lot of them just advertising a lot of content, right? Whether it's like a webinar where they have your, you know, advertising to their blog posts and stuff like that, trying to educate people um, and so on. And essentially, if the sales process, once they find about you is good, then you should be able to keep them around enough to actually get them to convert. Yeah, I think it makes sense, you know, this, this type of strategy. I mean, you know, promoting the content that, that you've built content this type of content initiatives are very similar to launching products right you've been building a product for so long you can just expect you know there was this saying that in people know that it's not true anymore you know build it and they will come yeah that's not how right. things work anymore maybe it, it was you know working very early in the beginning of the internet but not anymore so with content projects, again, it's the same thing. You know, you can't just build it and expect that people will come. So you need to put some real dollars behind it because you've already invested a lot, right, in, in producing that content. Totally. Months and months of, you know, production work. So it's just a pity not to back it with um, a serious advertising budget. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, when it comes down to the more personal side of actually being the founder of a company, <laughs> you know, like what is the hardest thing that you've been challenged with? I know that's, that's a, that's a pretty heavy wow. question. Yeah, man. Yeah. That, that's, that's a tough one. The hardest thing I've ever been challenged with. Yeah, Cause I feel like we're challenged every single day, but like <laughs> the hardest one. Oof. I'm not sure. I mean, there's been, you know, it's a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's always ups and downs. Um, but I think challenging the way we see the product, I think that was one of the biggest pain points, you know, realizing that 
um, you know, just being a social media management tool is not going to cut it. Right. Uh, and realizing what we are, like taking a hard look at where we are, where can we be the best? Mm-hmm. I think that was, that was really, you know, one of the hardest, hardest things. And like, yeah, and, and that, that's one. And on a more personal side for myself as a CEO, I think um, letting go, uh, <laughs> but that, sounds, that doesn't sound good, I know, but hear me out. Um, you know, I'm a bit of a, a perfectionist, and I'm not saying that with arrogance. That's right. bad to be a perfectionist. Uh-huh. It's very bad and I'm, I'm aware of that. And I think, you know, my team is challenging me to let go of that because mm-hmm. sometimes it's not worth it. It's not, you know, worth um, launching perfect projects. Right. Sometimes it's more important to launch something and then, you know, build it and iterate on it on the go while it's already live. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do that, you know, not just with products, not just with software, but you can do that, you know, with, with marketing work as well. Uh, so it's, it's really important to do that. And I think, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, one of my vulnerabilities is the fact that I'm overthinking things and, you know, I want them to be their best. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's more important to move fast than have, you know, your best work ever. Totally. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's time consuming, right? And if it's something that nobody has seen before, you have no feedback on it. You don't know what it's going to do. And you're sitting there literally like, making sure every single detail is to your perfection. Um, it's, it's very time consuming and it's like, and once you launch it, it doesn't do what you want it to do. Then you don't really know where to go. Um, yeah, totally. I think that's a, that's a big thing. Uh, and it's good to be aware of it also, because I, I feel like a lot of people that, you know, have that kind of challenge, um, or, or have that, you know, kind of blocking mentality, I guess, if you want to call it that they don't necessarily know that they have it. And that's when it becomes problematic, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's, I agree. That's, that's awesome that you that you know that you know you're open about it and you know that you are working towards that. So that's awesome. Now we're getting close here. Um, so if you could go back three years and tell yourself one thing, what would that be? It's gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. And uh, your favorite SaaS company aside aside from Planable? My favorite SaaS company. Um, I have a crush on Notion lately. My God, yes. Um, big, big crush. Uh, I had a, I had a similar crush on on Airtable before that. So those were my last, you know, obsessions in terms of you know products, SaaS products. I feel that they're just so beautiful. <laughs> they, you know, they bought me with their UI and with just how easy it is to. Um, Notion is something else. I mean, I I yeah. kind of live by Notion right now, so. I feel the exact same way. We're still figuring out how to use it at, at Planable. You know, I, I think I introduced it, you know, in, in my team when I didn't know what we're going to use it for yet. I just felt like it's such a good product. We're going to find a use for it. Totally. Um, but we're still, you know, trying to figure out if we're using it as a wiki uh, right. tool, you know, documentation, what else, you know. Um, but it's a, it's a great product. It definitely is. And... One of the last questions here, where can people find you online, Senya? LinkedIn, spending most of my time on LinkedIn. Um, so hit me up there, Xenia Montan. Sounds good. And last question, do you have any questions for me? Any questions for you? Yes. How hard was it to build a podcast? 
because <laughs> we're thinking about that as well. Yeah. So. It's a, uh, it's, I it's mean, just hard. I think, you know, the hard, like similarly to the, you know, going to the gym, <laughs> it's more, right. it's hard, it's hard to, to start. Well, it's, it's easy, right? Like that's the short answer. It's, it's okay. you just have to do it. You just have to <laughs> sit down and do it. But Not I mean, overthink it. <laughs> right. Don't overthink it. But essentially like really the, the hardest part about it is putting your mindset to it and like figuring out you know, what are we going to talk about? What am I going to be saying? If it's just going to be me talking, am I going to be interviewing kind of people and stuff like that? like mm. approach you want to have but also like putting yourself out there tends to be difficult especially I think at the very early stages because you don't really know if people are going to be you know if they're going to want to be on the podcast and then like people don't really want to be the first one on there because that means that you don't really have an audience um but it's you know it's it's cool it's fun it's really really fun it's a good that's a good answer it can uh it's an optimistic answer for me. Yeah, you just got to do it. And you learn a ton. You learn a ton of things from, from interviewing people. If that's a, you know, the route you want to go. Or if yeah. you feel like you're very good at something and you want to share it or just share your thoughts, uh, then it's also very rewarding as well. Mm, yeah, sounds good. Yeah. But thanks so much, Sanya, for being on here today. It was a pleasure having you. And uh, let's stay in touch. Thank you so much as well. It was great. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.